Hey guys, welcome to the newest episode of the Sass Sessions podcast. It's my pleasure to host Vaidehi Murthy on the show today. Uh, she works at Dunzo. She is known for her puns and definitely for creating amazing content and managing a very great team. Well, I couldn't think of a pun Vaidehi while introducing yourself, but why should I do it <laughs> when we have you on the show? <laughs> so, um thank you for having me first of all. Uh it's a pleasure to be here. um i of people often think that i talk in puns but honestly i don't it i yeah. really just have normal conversations um so the way i write is very different from the way i talk so uh i don't know how the rest of the show it's going to be i hope it's not boring <laughs> kind of comedian and whenever he comes to meet you and your friends you're like hey, hey crack a joke <laughs> it's 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 like that right so when people meet you like hey can you tell us about very relatable yes yeah so so where like how did you start right so how did you get into social media and how did you land up in danzo do you want the long story or the short story i want the <laughs> both maybe <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah. well, uh, let me try to shorten the long story yeah. um mm-hmm. so um I haven't had like a linear career path. Um I started off as an engineer like I was born and born and brought up in Bangalore so of of course I had to be an engineer. Uh and uh, I did my electronics engineering and then I uh went on to do my soft uh I went on to join a software company I was in Accenture for a few years. I even went to the US so basically I was following all the things that i had to do as a good south indian person uh, <laughs> so um i um but it was like an interesting time i got to learn a lot and i was genuinely cu- curious about um like i i'm from bangalore right and uh, it was a very quiet laid back lazy quaint town and suddenly overnight there was this huge uh, software industry which came and like disrupted everything and suddenly we are like a bustling metropolis metropolis and i was genuinely curious about what is this industry that has changed my city overnight so i wanted to get in and find out what it is which i did get in and it's an interesting place and uh, there are many stereotypes which are associated with the software industry some are true some are not but that time which i spent in the industry helped me figure that out um and then after i had my stint with at the software um, in the software world uh, i came back, i i was in the us for the last year and then i came back and uh, i quit my job and i'm like let me do something new and i went off to ladakh um i <laughs> i uh, volunteered at this school called sekmol uh in ladakh um the founder sonam mangchuk who's in who's been in the news recently um uh, he the he the reference is that his character was what inspired amir khan's character in three idiots uh but he doesn't like anyone using that reference but for people to uh understand uh, let me just say that he started this uh, eco school uh in ladakh where um the students pretty much run the whole campus they do the cooking they do the cleaning uh, it is for uh, students who have um, dropped out who have failed their 10th standard 
uh, exams and uh, this school takes those uh, students who have failed their board exams and then trains them using practical sort of learning methods and then uh, i think for several years running i think almost a decade they have had 100% result when the same students gave the exam the next year so uh, that is something and the entire school uh, runs on renewable energy which is very interesting and it had volunteers from all over the world which was uh, and these kids from in the middle of nowhere they are getting exposed to all these different cultures so that was an interesting experience after that i had to uh, make my next move so i went and joined a medical equipment company which was what i was trained to do um i um, worked on medical electronics in the respiratory therapy department and then i also worked a little bit on researching uh, technology solutions for mental health so i did all of that which again uh, gave me a lot of enriching experiences um after that again i went off to the mountains i this time to vietnam uh, there um there there's a place called sapa which is uh, to the north of vietnam they have a tribe uh, they have tribals there who are um struggling to mingle with um, uh, mainstream society so they need a, there are some ngos who are helping uplift these tribals so uh, i worked in one of the ngo schools uh, teaching uh, the people english and basic life they didn't know what the internet was what facebook was what so they needed someone to sort of guide them through these things so i volunteered there for a bit then my next jump was to join this social media page called humans of bombay this was actually my first uh, writing stint as a writer so i used to write stories for humans of bombay and then uh, i was just waiting for where to go next and then uh, so i always had this habit of putting my uh, puns and thoughts and one liners on twitter i've i've been doing it for like 10 years now uh, so um sai ganesh who's the marketing lead of uh, dunzo uh, he happened to follow me on twitter and one day he dm'd me and he's like uh, hey would you be interested in joining dunzo so i had had zero experience in marketing until then and uh, i was actually looking for a change at that point uh, but i told him look i have i don't i can only bring what is there on twitter onto the table i have no experience other than that um so let's just do, let's just try it out i mean it can be a trial for danzo as well as me if it doesn't work out we'll see we'll yeah. see um what happens and uh, yeah that was one and a half years ago and it fortunately worked out quite well <laughs> interesting so not that's a quite an interesting journey right like from engineer to being a volunteer and teaching students then being in, working into medical then writing yeah. and then <laughs> and social media done so right quite interesting journey so uh, since you said you didn't have any uh, background per se in social media right or marketing so what were your kpis like like you know when you started so how did you go about this like you know figuring out what what was the outcome or what was the output that uh, danzo is expecting from you and you can give back to danzo right and yeah. as you moved on like how did they change uh, and what are they now like from the day when you started and maybe today 
So I would say since the time I started to now, our processes, systems and methods and activities are a lot more structured compared to how it was when I started. So when, when we started, Dunzo as a business itself was relatively smaller than what it is today. Uh, it, in terms of awareness is what I'm saying that um, not many people knew what Dunzo exactly did. Uh, so initially, our uh, goal was to was awareness of what the product is, of what Dunzo does, and uh, so a larger percentage of our marketing communication, what we put out was um, telling people what they can get delivered, whether it's food or groceries or or uh, pet supplies or you know, uh, it's basically it was educating the people on what Dunzo is and. Of course, one of the major things which uh, was part of the brief for me was we need to get noticed as a brand. Uh, so there was like they were it was in very capable hands when we began itself. So we have an amazing team at Dunzo, the in-house uh, creative. We are the brand team. Uh, we call ourselves the D four five seven. There is a story behind that also. If you want to. No, but I can skip it if we don't have the time. Uh, so, um, so we, the brand team, uh, so there, initially there were a few members of the brand team who were there before I joined. Um, they were part of the whole exercise of rebranding Dunzo. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but uh, Dunzo had a yellow yeah. um, logo or- initially and it was a lowercase d and all that. So Munz, who was the head of design, and Akhil, who is my fellow copywriter in uh, Danzo right now. So they headed the uh, rebranding exercise where we now have the green color with the lightning symbol, which we call the view and all. So we have a name for everything. We have, <laughs> we, the lightning symbol is called the view. And uh, you know that uh, it's, uh, it's spelled V-G-H-Y-U. Because if you look at your keyboard, uh-huh. V-G-H-Y-U. Y U is in the shape of a lightning symbol. So we call it the view. So these kind of brand elements, um, they figured out. So they came up with the brand story before I joined. So that rebranding exercise had been done. Um, now we had to go out there and get noticed. So um, we did a lot of things. Um, for example, we started the uh, whole, we went all out with wordplay and uh, we started engaging with other brands on Twitter banters and stuff like that. So uh, slowly, slowly, uh, people started noticing Dunzo and we had to establish a tone of voice for Dunzo, right? Uh, people didn't know what is the language Dunzo uses to communicate, right? Uh, so we had to establish that tone of voice. And uh, right now, I would say from the time that I started to right now, which is in a Span of one and a half years, I would say right now, the we are focused more on who is Dunzo rather than what does Dunzo do. Mm-hmm. We are we speak more about what values we stand for as a brand. What are the things we do as a brand? Mm-hmm. Uh, and like for example, our Here for Pride campaign, which we recently did, was mm-hmm. uh, about so about so we have this um, um, phrase which we use in many of our communication material, which is variety makes us. So the fact that we believe in inclusivity and equality, those are the things, those are the values that the brand stand for, which not necessary, which are not 
uh, educating the user on what Dunzo does. It's more about who Dunzo is. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. they are creating an identity for dunzo itself pretty interesting and so so you said like your team specifically focuses on branding also right so and what are your beliefs on using social media right like is it branding or only or can it also be used for like funnels and sales right like how do you attribute whatever activities that happen on social media back to revenue because at the end of the day like brand also matters but revenue matters a lot also right so how do you yes. like you know uh, connect these two like social media to so, revenue ultimately your branding is also selling right. so um it's just one step away from actual selling Right. Uh, mm-hmm. uh like for example selling is you're saying this product is awesome uh-huh. branding is saying the person who is selling you the product you build the trust for the person who is selling you the product and oh. once you have the trust for the person who is selling you the product it automatically trickles down to the product yeah. so um the question is very interesting because branding is one space where to an extent it is quantifiable we we can say okay our reach is this much our downloads are this much our clicks are this much likes shares whatever we can quantify that part uh-huh. but there is a part of uh, our branding exercise which we can't quantify which is word of mouth there is but that doesn't mean word of mouth is not significant in fact yeah. for dunzo word of mouth has been the champion cause of uh, people more and more people adopting the app Yeah. So I would say um a lot of what we do uh, as a band team uh, contributes to word of mouth in terms of what we do and who we are and all of that and uh, yeah we just have to keep working at putting out good quality content and finally hopefully we get to see light at the end of the funnel absolutely yeah. <laughs> uh and uh yeah i like that one there but <laughs> so two brands i could think of who have maybe done this right is like bisleri and fevicol right like whenever you go out like you don't ask for water you ask for bisleri and whatever that the company that you of the like whatever bottle you're getting right which are companies that is but you always ask for bisleri right it's not like you ask go and ask for aquafina or maybe other any other brand or if you want like a gum you will go and ask for fevicol and doesn't matter what kind of gum company it is right you ask maggie. for yeah maggie is also definitely <laughs> one <laughs> yeah yeah xerox so all of this oh so yeah xerox is again it's <laughs> a global one definitely yeah. so uh, so in 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 these so these companies are one examples right so there are other sets of companies who are using social media for direct selling also so what do you think of companies using like you know uh, social media for branding versus social media for selling right and is there a balance that you know even dunso follows or it's it's just one or the other uh we we definitely uh do both and uh, i think uh, it is you have to do as much as you can that is the first marketing lesson just uh-huh. keep doing whatever you can as much as you can um so um we do have so we as a brand team right uh, we don't we don't just do social media so the same team so we have like we want to have a unifying language across all functions of the business so for example we don't we are not just social media we also do the offline 
um, uh, communication. We also do like even investor pitch decks and even product copy. Everything is done by the same team. So it it there's some kind of consistency there. So um, to answer your question, we have different approaches. So what we do is um, we actually have um, divided our user personas into silos. For example, we we actually even have given them names. So there is a Deepika and Dhruv who's probably like a banker or a software engineer who's in the urban setting um, using apps like Netflix and has an iPhone and we even drill down to the level of detail that we even discuss what might their wallpaper be. Uh, And uh, the value of Dunzo, and there is another kind of user persona, which is say a Manjula or a Manjunath, who's probably a hardware store owner. And, um, you know, they're probably uh, watching Big Boss. And so these are the kind of details that we go into while we build our user personas. And whenever we're putting out uh, our marketing um, material, we think about who we're putting it out for. For example, for Deepika, who's like a software engineer, uh, the value of Dunzo may be time. Like they don't have enough time to do their everyday chores. So Dunzo is like a blessing to help save time. Uh, Whereas for somebody like a Manjula, who's a hardware store owner, Dunzo's value is money. So uh, by do, by using Dunzo, they get to be more productive. They get to, um, you know, save money. So there are different value propositions for different kinds of user personas. So also this works even on social media in the sense that um, Twitter is always Deepika and Dhruv when uh-huh. we talk about Twitter. So our uh, communication is uh, targeted towards that kind of a crowd. Uh, Instagram is a mix of both. Facebook is probably more of the Manjulas and Manjunas. So we do uh, consciously keep in mind these user personas when we are making creatives. So, um, and for, and most of the uh, performance uh, creatives for the ads, performance ads that we run, uh, we have found that a more direct, a more uh, you know, where uh, the logo stands out, uh, bright colors and uh, whatever item you're selling stands out in terms of design, direct copy, all these things. We And this is not something we have assumed. This is all data driven. Like we have tested it. Um, like we, ha- we consider our creatives to be, um, to have different moving parts. So for example, we keep, everything the same, change just the copy and see how it works, change the logo position and see how it works. So basically A-B testing for everything uh, that we put out, uh, we test whether English works, English works, Hindi works, um, whether yellow works, green works. We we have done testing of uh, our performance creatives and uh, we have the data now where we have uh, found like a sweet spot of what works. And uh, that's what um, we put out for the performance ads. And we cannot afford to be, our communication cannot afford to be layered for performance ads we have found that because people need to watch an ad and they need to immediately get it. They don't have time to sit and think about what this ad means. Whereas on social media, uh, 
on our organic um, creatives we can afford to be a little the user can spend 2 seconds on the creative and think oh oh this means that and then find a reference so yeah so we have learned to uh, channel um our creatives in the spaces where the user personas make sense interesting and and talking about this time right this particular pandemics kind of uh, situation right like uh, communications before pandemic versus communications during the pandemic and god knows how long this will like you know be like this <laughs> so uh like danzo is definitely not tone deaf right and how do you guys manage to not be tone deaf right what are your like do you have any plans for like crisis communications because you, since you're collecting a lot of data right and so deepika and dhruv during like before uh, this before pandemic versus deepika and dhruv during pandemic might be two different personas altogether right so it might change and they might have changed so how do you tackle that and like what were your plans uh, during this this uh, this covid situation so um uh danzo was one of the businesses which uh, wa- mm-hmm. was still running to full capacity during the lockdown right mm-hmm. uh so uh, and we had a lot of partners on ground who were actually uh, go you know supplying groceries to people who otherwise had no other option so danzo what used to be a luxury suddenly overnight it became a necessity um so we had to be in terms of marketing um our first priority was to be empathetic our priority was not to overdo anything because it's a global crisis and um you know we need to to um be empathetic to the hardships that people are facing um and uh, so we decided to do a, an everyday superheroes campaign which uh was putting our partners in the forefront because um at the end of the day they are the ones who are on the streets and they are really risking their lives so we wanted uh that kind of appreciation to be attributed to them uh and then um in terms of uh, dhruv and dipika we sort of uh reoriented our uh, creatives to be relatable to these times so um it was usually psas like wash your hands wear mask and all that that, that was the basic messaging of course we have we usually have like a message which we want to convey and we have like a um a medium like a medium is usually word play or something like that uh but usually the um larger message of the creatives was to stay safe stay in and uh, work from home whatever relatable content we could uh, conjure up we we uh, did those creatives um but the lockdown has indeed been uh, a strange time and uh, we ourselves as a team have had to work from different locations as opposed to like our our uh, work processes fortunately didn't suffer too much but um it was a challenge i think i think we did uh, pretty okay during the lockdown uh, we put out some good content in kind of the resources that we had we couldn't do outdoor shoots and all that but um uh, yeah and talking 
that's that's a great uh, take right and talking about the uh, like miscommunications as well right which which kind of happen uh, during this pandemic so for example biggest one was like uh, the corona beer right <laughs> so mm-hmm. since it's in matches the name exactly with the virus right mm-hmm. uh, so they would have gone a very different kind of uh, communication uh, channel or they would have have very different uh, plan or strategy altogether right So let's mm. say if you were the social media person at Corona PR company, and what would have you done, like you know, during at the start of this pandemic when everyone everything was like you know, it was hitting everyone in in the mind, and now people are more settled. But mm. uh, talking about when it was just starting, and then there were a lot of memes on, a lot of talk on Corona, all uh, like the PR as well. So mm. what would you have done, like in short? So um. so the thing with uh, the tone that we have right the thing with the tone that danzo has which is fun and like wordplay and all that so it it ha- you need to be sensitive to the surroundings you can't you need to read read the room you can't you can't just make up on on everything so uh, first of all if i was working at corona i would uh, considering the situation i would have just had a lot of beer uh <laughs> uh but i would have done exactly what they've done like waited for things to settle down because you don't want to um come out as insensitive uh so um but once things have settled down you could probably it's it's more about being relatable to you know your audience like just maybe they could have had a tagline called grin and bear it or something like that <laughs> so yeah i i think it's important to have your ear to the ground and see how things are before you put anything out because uh, you may you may have put a lot of effort in it and you may even have honest intentions while putting it out but um, you need to be extra sensitive when you're uh, putting out marketing communication because uh, unknowingly you may be um, kind of uh offending someone definitely and and so since you not definitely completely being into social media right and since and even after that you got into social media and doing like a great job so what would you tell companies uh who are looking for candidates for social media and and people uh who want to be like you know be working in in the marketing team in the social media function right so what would you tell these two uh, people like companies when they are looking to hire and and people who were who are looking for a job in social media right because you weren't exactly um like you know had the path like you did marketing previously then you did social media and then you land up in danzo right you probably an anomaly uh in the, in the system so how do you make someone else the anomaly in the system as well so the thing is uh the nature of social media itself is i think why i was able to um uh you know make my space in this uh field because it's a very volatile space it changes every day so yeah. no matter whether you have 10 years of experience <coughs> or you joined last week you need to know what social media is today it wasn't like oh, what it was last month it wasn't like what it was last year you need and we don't know what it's like what is going to be like tomorrow basically what you need to do is you need to adapt 
you need to adapt you need to constantly reinvent yourself and what we do at dunzo is we we are um, we constantly gauge how our creatives are doing in the metrics that we have uh, using the metrics that we have and uh, we have weekly uh, reviews of all the metrics of our creatives we see what's working we don't we see what's not working we the and um i would say um we channel our efforts better now that uh, we have all these learnings from the past year of reviewing everything that we have done so basically what you need to be is agile you need to know what like to know what is working right now and what is what wave is uh, trending and how do you jump on that wave and all those things you like they really help you in sort of making a space amazing like a lot of interesting insights uh, there like you know from you vedi thanks a lot i think we have run the course for this this episode but definitely uh, there is a lot that we can talk on right uh, in terms of social media and and it's it's both right science and art and i think you have definitely higher on the art side and now you got on the science side as well like looking on to data and and drilling yeah, down yeah. and then kind of mixing it both and it, it's, it's a it's fine balance yeah it's just amazing yeah so before we go or uh, before we sh- uh, stop this uh, wonderful conversation i have like three lightning questions uh, for you right okay. it is not maybe social media or something else right so uh, so what do you know about your work now that you wish you would have known when you first started what do i know about work now wish i wish when i know started Mm-hmm. um about how much uh data matters uh, i yeah i like you were just mentioning i had assumed this whole thing just to be like a creative process uh-huh. where we get ideas and we put out things into the world but then like you said it is a science like uh you it is meticulously crafted each uh-huh. uh piece of marketing material that we put out it's it's not like just inspiration strikes and we just put it out we the we have many filters and checks which go in um before we put out material and the second one uh, what did your biggest professional failure teach you my biggest professional failure what did it teach me that you can start from scratch any time you want in your career and uh, it's it, it's no need, there's no need to be afraid of starting from the bottom even if you have reached a particular space in at the moment you can still start from the bottom and the second time around when you make your journey to that spot it's so much more enriching and enlightening i mean uh, and since i think you have started like over and over right like yeah, from engineering yeah. to yeah. latak and vietnam and then medical and then writing and then danzo right and who knows like maybe you are you excited to like start again if if you get a chance or you are pretty comfortable i'm going to be uh, starting again and again throughout my life so there's no question i will do something but right now i'm in a very comfortable space in danzo so i'm it's a thrill to go to work every day because i mean my job is to just go to work and fun so 
So yeah, who wouldn't want it? Definitely. And uh, so last uh, one is what is the number one thing that has helped you shorten your craft learning curve? Mm, I do a lot of it. I think that's what has helped me that I'm I'm doing it throughout the day. I'm doing it every day. Um, like so, I don't know if you've seen, but on Danzo, I respond on uh, positive comments on Twitter. with a pun on the person's name whoever has given given danzo a positive comment i quote tweet it with a pun on the person's name so like i'm doing it every day for at least 10 15 people plus uh, we do word play on the creatives and like um, so i do a lot of, plus my personal handle also i do so yeah. i do a lot of it and it's just if you keep doing it again and again it just becomes natural to you it becomes a part of you so i would just say do a lot of it yeah definitely practice makes perfection right mm-hmm. so uh, and yeah we we do did see a lot of uh, danzo plus celebrity mixes on twitter that have keeps happening <laughs> and a uh, lot of uh, news uh, like media outlets also catch catch uh, that tension uh but yeah interesting so yeah thanks a lot vedhi for uh, like you know coming on and having this insightful and interesting conversation about social media and branding with us uh yes thanks thank you for having me sunil this is a this is a good chat yeah